Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com Shapiro. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com Shapiro. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. CarShield.com slash Shapiro. That's CarShield.com slash Shapiro. So I'd like to thank the Academy, my wife, my parents, my agent, and God Almighty for the great honor of being the top journalist target of Jew hatred in America over the past few months, according to a comprehensive study from the Anti-Defamation League. I'm honored because being targeted by mouth-breathing idiots is a compliment. You know you're doing something right if people who tweet pictures of gas chambers on the day of your child's birth find you unacceptable as a human being. Hint, I also find you unacceptable as a human being. Here are some quick thoughts. First, Twitter should not ban the Jew haters. As the dude who receives hook-nosed Jew memes more than any other journalist on planet Earth, I don't believe people ought to be suspended or banned from Twitter or Facebook for posting vile garbage, so long as you're not openly advocating violence. I make a habit of retweeting these pieces of human crap in order to mock their stupidity and to expose the fact that people like this exist. Twitter has every right to ban people because it's a private company, but that doesn't mean they should. And every time they do, they grant credibility to the monstrous people who want to play victim. Second, yes, the alt-right is anti-Semitic. There are a lot of people who consider themselves alt-right because they don't actually understand what the alt-right is. You're not alt-right just because you back Trump. You're not alt-right just because you hate the media. Alt-right means something, and it means ethno-cultural European solidarity that has nothing to do with conservatism, the Constitution, or ideals of liberty. To read what the alt-right is, we actually have a great piece over at Daily Wire that you can check out. By the same token, downplaying the alt-right's anti-Semitism as mischievous and trolly, as some people at sites like the Trump-centric alt-right meeting site Breitbart like to do, that's lying by omission and it provides cover to evil. Third, Jew hatred is not widespread among Trump supporters. So, the ADL report links Trump support to Jew hatred on Twitter. There's no question that there's a very small but loud segment of alt-right Trump supporters who tweet gas chamber memes at people, but it's pretty small. The vast majority of Trump supporters find this sort of stuff absolutely reprehensible. They're not in line with the alt-right. I know it, you know it, we all know it. To overestimate their percentage of the population would be wrong and foolish. Fourth, a lot of online Jew hatred is astroturfed. The ADL study shows Jew hatred on Twitter spikes at certain times and cascades on itself. That means it's being coordinated or at least encouraged by specific Twitter personalities. I can say with certainty the amount of Jew hatred in my Twitter feed has dropped exponentially since Twitter banned Milo, which, by the way, is a ban I opposed. Trump does wink, by the way, at the alt-right. Fifth, as I've said before... Donald Trump may not be an alt-righter, he isn't, but he spends an awful lot of time and effort winking at them. The hiring of Steve Bannon as campaign CEO, a guy who turned Breitbart.com from an edgy conservative site into an alt-right haven then bragged about it, was a shout-out. Trump winking and nodding at Vladimir Putin, it's part of the same pattern. His language about international bankers, it may not be intentional, but the alt-right certainly treated it that way. 
Finally, the media ignored Jew hatred if it's directed against the right. The ADL has done a really good job of charting the rise of Jew hatred against conservative pundits. But the entire media largely ignored that same Jew hatred so long as it only targeted people like me on the right and only began to notice it when it hit people on the left like Julia Jaffe. We Jews on the right who opposed Trump were used to it by the point the left figured out about it. Politico magazine just did an entire piece like two weeks ago about anti-Semitism among this segment of Trump supporters, and they asked, quote, why has the Jewish right looked away? This is patently insane, and it demonstrates the myopia of much of the left. The left itself is replete with anti-Semitism and Jew hatred. Just check their support for the Palestinians and their charter for the Black Lives Matter movement. So, what's the future of the alt-right and all the sort of Jew hatred online? If Trump wins, it'll probably grow. The alt-right feels emboldened by Trump. But even if he loses, they'll live on at sites that now rely on their enthusiastic support like Breitbart. Iraq has been overturned. The window of acceptability has moved, and it's worthwhile fighting back. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Alrighty, so glad to be back. I had a two-day break, and now we're back into it. The debate is tonight. We'll get to all of that. First, we have to say hello to our friends over at Birch Gold. So if you're interested in investing in precious metals, and goodness knows we are in the midst of an unstable time, if you're worried stocks are overvalued, real estate is overvalued, gold is not a bad haven for your wealth, and you should talk to my friends over at Birch Gold Group. Uh, if you contact them right now, they give you a free information kit on physical precious metals. It's valued at $24.99, but they want to provide listeners to the Ben Shapiro Show with that kit at no cost. And if you contact them, ask all your questions, make sure you get all your answers about investing in precious metals and uh, before you invest. But Birch Gold is the, is the best place to do it. They are, they are very solid. Uh, they're good folks. And uh, if you want to get the kit, head over to birchgold.com slash Ben. Birchgold.com slash Ben. Make sure you use the slash Ben so they know that we sent you. Okay, tons to get to today here on the Ben Shapiro Show. We are going to get to the debate stuff because obviously the big debate is tonight. Is it Trump's last chance or is it beyond Trump's last chance? We'll talk about it. What is his big plan? But we have to start today with these two videos that broke while I was off for Sukkot. Sukkot is the festival of booths. This is the one where we sit outside in these kind of makeshift tents uh, to symbolize how Jews traveled in the wilderness. While I was off for a couple of days uh, doing Sukkot, I have a couple more days next week where I'm off, but I'm doing a Friday show this week, so never fear. You'll get your fill. Uh, the, uh, the, the James O'Keefe, who does a, a great job with investigative journalism, he broke a video in which he showed that there are people who work for the DNC who are involved in promoting voter fraud and also involved in promoting violence at Trump rallies. Here is a clip from one of O'Keefe's undercover videos. This investigation has revealed compelling evidence of a dark money conspiracy, a violation of federal campaign coordination laws between Hillary Clinton's campaign, Priorities USA, Hillary's super PAC, and the Democratic National Committee. Priorities is a big part of this, too. The campaigns and DNC cannot coordinate with priorities, mm -hmm. but I guarantee to you that the people who run the super PACs all talk to each other, and we and a few other people are the hubs of that communication. Oh, there is a script. There's a script. Okay. There's a script of engagement. Sometimes the crazies bite, and sometimes the crazies don't bite. They're starting confrontations in the line, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? They're not starting confrontations the volunteers. in the rally, because once they're inside the rally, they're under Secret Service's control. When they're outside the rally... Mm -hmm. They're more effective out. They're harder to get in. The media will cover it no matter where it happens. I assume it's always in the rally. Initiating the conflict. 
Russell, for one second. The guy who's talking is Scott Fovel. He's National Field Director at Americans United for Change. They're a group that works with uh, a second group, and that group works for the DNC. So what he's talking about is the idea that they stack people in the line at Trump rallies in order to ask nasty questions of the Trump folks and try and elicit a violent response that the media can pick up on. He actually talked about a situation where a 69-year-old woman apparently did this to an older guy, and the older guy hit her, uh, or, or at least she claimed he hit her, and this became a national media story. I remember when it happened, there was, there was national media coverage of the 69-year-old woman who claimed that she'd been assaulted by this Trump supporter. He's saying, we astroturf this kind of stuff. And that's not the only allegation that, that is being you know, kind of fulfilled and, and proved correct um, by these tapes from O'Keefe and Project Veritas, which is a, which is a good organization. Uh, there's also a, a second piece of information, that is that these folks engage in voter fraud and are happy to do so. So this is the, the second clip here. Your mother in front of the governor and not go to jail. What's it called? Uh, overall. Okay. I, yeah. I, and yeah, for me as an attorney, I get this is what this is or something like that. And I assume you don't go off and tell these conversations anyway. No, no, no. Because this is. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So. No. However. Other people can make things happen that you don't need to know about. We talk about lots of things that we don't talk about. You know what? We've been busting people in to for 50 years, and we're not going to stop now. I mean, I grew up with that idea. You know, they they used to bust people out to Iowa. If we needed people out there, we used to bust people out to Iowa. The question is whether when you get caught, by a reporter. Does that matter? Because there's a turn in investigation or not? In this case, in this state, the Okay, well, what Scott Fovel is talking about is voter fraud, and he talks in the video about the idea that you rent cars, and then you go to places, and you just vote uh, under an assumed name, uh, and you and you write in a ballot, and it, and it gets picked up. Now, is this the kind of voter fraud that's going to shift massive presidential elections? Uh, very difficult to, to, to say that that's the case. So there is voter fraud. Voter fraud is extraordinarily real. Voter ID is necessary. Anybody who opposes the clearing of the roles of dead people, who opposes the idea that you ought to identify yourself when you vote, there's only one reason you want to do that, and it's because you're basically okay with voter fraud because your side benefits from it. Voter fraud does happen. Voter fraud is the reason that Al Franken is in the Senate as opposed to Norm Coleman. He ended up winning a race in 2008. Uh, the, he, he was the 60th vote for Obamacare. He ended up quote-unquote winning that race after a recount. There were, I think, 2.8 million votes cast in that election. He ended up quote-unquote winning it by like 300 votes. Uh, there, was a, there was voter fraud clearly in Washington state with regard to a, the 2004 gubernatorial election. A woman named Christine Gregoire, who was a Democrat, supposedly beat uh, a fellow named Dean Rossi in the gubernatorial race, ended up winning by like 150 votes out of, again, 2.5 million votes cast. Uh, and that was voter fraud as well. Uh, and uh, obviously, people talk about 1960 and all the dead people voting in Chicago for John F. Kennedy as an example of voter fraud. So voter fraud absolutely exists. And O'Keefe is right to point it out. And O'Keefe is right to target it. And the media who are attempting to downplay this, attempting to pretend it doesn't exist, trying to say that nobody admitted to any wrongdoing here. Both the, the Fovel, the guy who's on this tape, he's already resigned, and the guy he works for has already resigned as well. So obviously, they, the Democrats know heads have to roll here, or they're going to be accountable for all of this. So yes, voter fraud is very real. Now, with that said, that's not the only kind of fraud that exists. There's also media frauds. The media have completely ignored you know, all the bad things that are going on with Hillary Clinton. WikiLeaks continue to come out demonstrating that Hillary is coordinating at very high levels with the media, that the Hillary campaign was coordinating at very high levels with the DOJ and the FBI. That was a rigged investigation. And, uh, and jo as John Ashcroft, the former attorney general of the United States, says there's obviously evidence of a crime in the Clinton emails.
Donald Trump says this is um, felony corruption and it is a quid pro quo. Is it both? Well, uh, first of all, I'm not in a position to make, uh, I, don't, I haven't given a thorough investigation, but offering a public official a benefit in return for the public official uh, making a concession of some kind is illegal. And not only is it illegal if, it's, if you're asking a, a public official to do something illegal, it, it can be bribery if you offer a public official uh, an incentive, a benefit, in order to do something that is legal. If you offered to pay him or to give him a benefit to, to issue a grant to you or to your organization, issuing grants is legal, <clears throat> but uh, it's not legal to offer a benefit in order to get it now this is 100 percent true okay what, what ashcroft is saying here is 100 percent true obviously there's evidence of a lot of illegal activity in hillary clinton's emails and no one cares because the media are more focused on donald trump's shenanigans with women over the past 30 years they're also not that interested in bill clinton's shenanigans with women and the fact that hillary clinton helped cover those up and targeted the women involved there's apparently a new accuser who's now come forward today against bill clinton um you know i'm not sure that this is relevant to the presidential race unless there's evidence that hillary tried to cover it up, but it just does demonstrate the media's level of interest when it comes to Bill Clinton is nil, and their level of interest when it comes to Donald Trump is extraordinarily high. He started making inappropriate gestures. He, uh, we were responsible for editing our own stories, and we had a very small editing room. And he had touched my shoulder and done other things to me before uh, in public around other people, but that was just his nature to be very, you know, demonstrative and and touchy-feely, as I call it. But he followed me into an editing room uh, the first time I remember that uh, it was very small. There was a chair. I was sitting in a chair. He came up behind me and started rubbing my shoulders and running his hands down toward my breasts. And I was just Bill Clinton, which should be the name of a TV show, Good Times with Bill Clinton. And the media, of course, ignore all of this because it's not important to their narrative. Their narrative is that, that Donald Trump is a scuzzbag with women, and Bill Clinton is just, well, we'll just forget about him. We'll, we'll memory hole him. He no longer matters uh, in any way, shape, or form. So I want to start off with this stuff because I want to point out a couple of things. First of all, it is true. Elections are rigged in a couple of senses. The media are very heavily favoring Democrats. They have for 80 years. That is true. It is also true that there is voter fraud, although it doesn't exist on the scale of millions and millions and millions of votes. It exists on the scale of probably tens of thousands of votes across the country. At the very least, it exists in the case of thousands of votes across the country in a tight, tight election. That's going to matter a lot. Now, that said, that said, all of that's legit to say. That said, what Donald Trump is saying about the rigging of this election is not correct. So here is Donald Trump about the election. And I just want to, before we play this, I just want to point something out. And this is going to be the theme because we're going to talk about the debate in a second. I know there are a lot of people out there who are desperate to, to see Donald Trump win, who really want to see Donald Trump win. There's a large part of me that would love to see Donald Trump win just to stick it to the media and to stick it to Hillary Clinton and watch her weep as her life's ambitions crumble before her, because that would be really, really amusing. For all the people who are rooting for Donald Trump to win, you care more about Donald Trump winning at this point than Donald Trump does. 
I hate to be the, the bearer of bad tidings. I hate to be the guy who brings you the reality. If you, as, I, as I say all the time, if you want to hear shows where they're going to tell you things that you want to hear, you can tune on over to a bunch of shows on Fox. There's some syndicated radio shows that do the same thing. I won't name names like Laura Ingram or Sean Hannity. They'll tell you what you want to hear, and they'll tell you that everything is hunky-dory. Trump's going to win. He's going to walk away with this thing. All of it is not real. All of it is not true. You know that, that, all, that The elections are rigged, and when Donald Trump goes down in flames, that's because he was stabbed in the back. Here is the truth. Donald Trump now knows he's going to lose. The polls are awful for him. The national polls right now, the last three major head-to-head national polls, Fox News, Trump down seven. And there's a, I think it's a, is it a CBS poll? Uh, Trump down nine. And then there's a public pol- a PPRI poll from the Atlantic, Trump down 15 points in a head-to-head 51 to 36. He's getting brutalized in the polls. He's not coming back, and he's certainly not coming back with this particular strategy. And here's the evidence that what I'm saying is true. If Donald Trump wanted to win, He'd have to do all the things you think he needs to do. He would have to be disciplined. He'd have to be focused. He'd have to be very specific in his attacks on Hillary Clinton. He would have to do a good job of deconstructing her in front of the American people. Instead, Donald Trump is focusing all of his attention on how rigged everything is, because his real goal here is not to win anymore. He's not going to, and he knows it. His real goal here is to get two million of people like you and me, people like us, to believe that we, that it was rigged, that the media did it, that, that the voter fraud did it, that never Trump did it, that it was somebody who was not Trump. And if you just stand by Donald Trump, he'll tell you the truth. He's the great truth teller, the great victorious truth teller. And the reason he went down in flames is not because of Donald Trump. And for $10.99 a month, you too can be part of the team that's going to make America great again at Trump TV. That's where this is going, okay? This is all movement toward what happens after the election. And what he's doing right now in this election cycle only makes sense. It only makes sense if you see it in that light. Like, for example, he's supposed to bring to the debate tonight. He's supposed to bring to the debate tonight Barack Obama's half-brother. Okay, well, how many votes is that going to win him? Any? And what's that designed to accomplish exactly? And the answer is nothing. It's not designed to accomplish anything, except it's supposed to get a lot of people who are conservative, people who are Republican, people who hate Hillary and hate Obama, to grin. And that's fine so far as it goes, but the man's running for president of the United States still. It's still October. It ain't November 8th yet. When he's throwing red meat to his base, that obviously has no draw for anyone outside of his base. That means he's appealing deliberately to his base. His base is not going to drive him to victory in this election. His base will pay $10 a month a million of them $10 a month at some Trump TV network, and he'll clear $120 million a year gross. That's the goal here, okay? This is, no, this is now a business proposition. It is no longer a political proposition. And I'll explain how I know that and why Donald Trump continues to talk about all of this, uh, all of this rigging in just a second. But first, we have to say hello to our friends over at Trunk Club. So, if you watched Megyn Kelly last week, I was on Megyn Kelly's show last week, and uh, I was wearing a brand new snazzy a khaki jacket, and uh, that jacket uh, is really nice. I got it from Trunk Club. It was tailored, uh, and it's beautiful. It's a, it's a really nice jacket. The jeans I'm wearing now, which are spectacular, the most comfortable jeans I own, I got those from Trunk Club, too, and they fit me really well. I mean, everybody just goes around saying, man, you look fantastic in those jeans, let me tell you. Everybody says this. Everyone. So everyone says that the, that the, cl- the clothes are really nice. Uh, Trunk Club is great. What they do is you can actually go into their physical locations in Dallas, New York, L.A., Chicago, or Charleston, and they will have a personal stylist run through the the rigmarole with you, like pick out clothes with you and help tailor things, and they'll do it for free, and then you order the clothes, and they send you a trunk full of clothes that you can either accept or reject. If you're not in any of those big cities, they have a personal stylist for you anyway. You contact them. You can text with the person. You become friendly with the person. You can ask them to make outfits out of your current wardrobe and mix them with new items. They send you a trunk, but it's not like a regular thing. It's only if you want. So they send you the trunk, and then you can pick to keep what you want, and you can send back what you want, and the shipping is free. It's trunkclub.com. 
trunkclub.com slash Ben, trunkclub.com slash Ben. I actually do like dressing well. And if you like dressing well, even if you're a dude who doesn't care about dressing well, everybody else in business is going to care whether you dress well. Trunk Club can make that happen. Better to have a few really, really nice items than a bunch of crap that you got at some big box store. So trunkclub.com slash Ben is the place to go. And their service is great. I mean, I've taken advantage of it. They're one of the, we have a lot of great advertisers from whom I actually spend my own money purchasing product. Uh, and trunkclub.com is one of them. So trunkclub.com slash Ben. And, uh, and make sure that you add the slash Ben because that ensures that they know that we sent you. Okay, before we break here, I'm going to play this clip of Donald Trump talking about rigging. Because some things are rigged and some things are not. What Donald Trump has made a habit of doing is destroying conservative arguments by mouthing the arguments in the wrong context. So Donald Trump will make arguments about how the media is biased, but he'll do it in the context of the media actually telling the truth. Or Donald Trump will be talking about how the left is race-baiting, but he'll do it in the context of him race-baiting. And so what he's saying is true, but the context actually helps discredit the argument. Here's an example of Trump doing that with the rigging again. The goal of him saying this thing is rigged is not to win. The goal of him saying this is rigged is to convince a bunch of people who are fans of his that if somebody's going to get blamed after the election, it shouldn't be him. Instead, you should continue giving your money to Donald Trump. Talk about the election being rigged. It was just reported there are almost two million dead people right. that are registered to vote. Right, right. right. And uh, and Paul Ryan gets up and issues a memo that he disagrees that the election's rigged. <laughs> Why doesn't he walk over to Philadelphia and St. Louis and Chicago, Chicago and some yeah. of these cities? Yeah. Uh, and and how how could he say the election is? Look, nothing's perfect, but this process is unbelievable, and it's certainly rigged with the press. So why would he issue a memo that the election said, is he naive? Uh, because that's naivete or maybe something worse than Lack that. of street smarts, as you said last night in Wisconsin. I don't know what it is, but you know, when you go to Philadelphia where Romney got zero votes, where McCain got zero votes. Okay, so he says about Philadelphia, and there are precincts where McCain and Romney got zero votes. I think it was 59 precincts out of 1,700, something like that, uh, in, in Philadelphia. Hugh Hewitt made a good case against this sort of voter fraud, uh, all the, uh, you know, uh, this idea that it's widespread. He's going to lose by 15%, but it's all voter fraud. Again, this discredits the argument. There is real rigging. It's rigging from the media that is far to the left. It's rigging in the terms of, of actual voter fraud that exists on a relatively small scale. But yes, it exists. And yes, we should be concerned about all of that. Okay, but it doesn't help when you have a guy who's going to lose by 15, and then people are going to say it's rigged. Okay, it sounds like a stupid conspiracy theory, because it is a stupid conspiracy theory. Here's Mike Pence. Well, actually, here, here's Donald Trump saying the same thing. Well, we'll do that in a second. First, we have to say goodbye to the folks on, uh, on Facebook and YouTube. But if you want, we have a cool new deal for you. Okay, so I didn't pitch it yet. I have a new novel. It comes out November 1st. But if you want it now, and if you want it signed, go to Daily Wire and become an annual subscriber right now. Eight, nine, eight bucks a month makes you as a subscriber to dailywire.com. You can watch the rest of the podcast live. Uh, you can you can see it. You can be part of the mailbag, which we do on Thursdays here on the Ben Shapiro Show. And you can also, right now, for a special limited time, you can also get my book. It's called True Allegiance, and you can get it signed. Uh, and uh, it's recommended by Brad Thor. Even people who are big fans of Trump, like Ann Coulter, say it's a good book. So uh, whether you like Trump or whether you don't like Trump, that's irrelevant to the book itself. It's an action novel, uh, sort of. If you took everything in, uh, if you took everything in the United States and ramped it up by a factor of about three. That's what this book is, True Allegiance. And, uh, and you can get a, a copy of that for free, signed, when you go and subscribe at dailywire.com. And, uh, and we are the biggest podcast, uh, big, biggest conservative podcast in the United States. So thank you for that. So 
Trump's entire shtick right now is rigged, 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 rigged. That's all he wants to talk about. Everything in the world is rigged. Everything in the world is rigged. So here is Donald Trump continuing along these lines. Of course, everything is rigged. Everything is rigged. Now, even though we're doing pretty good in the polls, I don't believe the polls anymore. I don't believe them. I don't believe them. And if there's 10 and if there's one or two bad ones, that's the only one they show. Believe me, folks, we're doing great. If we keep our spirit and if we go out and win, this is another Brexit. Believe me, they are so worried. That's why they become vicious and hostile and dirty. Okay, it is, the, the polls are not rigged. If you believe the polls are rigged, you're listening to too much Bill Mitchell. And I don't know why you would do that if you have five brain cells to rub together, okay? This idea the polls are rigged, this discredits the entire argument. When you say the media is rigged, the polls are rigged, the elections are rigged, the media are rigged, but when you say the polls are rigged, you sound like a fool and you discredit the rest of the argument, right? And when he's, I love when he says they cherry pick a couple of polls. Okay, I'm about to read you. You ready for this? Here we go. I'm going to give you all of the general election head-to-head Trump versus Clinton polls from Real Clear Politics. Okay, this is all of them. You ready? Here are the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven polls. Okay, last eleven polls. In head-to-head, Clinton plus 10, Clinton plus 4, Clinton plus 8, Clinton plus 11, Clinton plus 12, Clinton plus 4, Clinton plus 9, Clinton plus 3, Clinton plus 7, Clinton plus 4. Okay, those are not good polls for Donald Trump. And there's another poll that was out today, had him down 15, 15. And I'm going to make a prediction right here, and that prediction is that Trump is actually going to underperform how he's doing in the polls because he has no ground game. The reason that I say that is because Mitt Romney underperformed the polls because Barack Obama's ground game was better than his. Mitt Romney's ground game makes makes Donald Trump's ground game look like nothing. I mean, it's just it's it's the it's the it's it. He's got no ground game. I mean, I'm talking to people on the ground in these states. He's got no ground game, so he's he just keeps claiming rigging. And again, the goal of saying that it's rigged is that he can blame everybody else. He can blame never Trump. Okay, there are five of us left. Honestly, it's so that he can blame the media. Okay, the media deserve blame, but not for Trump stinking as a candidate. Mike Pence actually hits correctly. He says that. The media are rigging it. Now, if this were the message, if this were the message, it would make more sense, but this hasn't been Trump's message. So the good message that Pence is pushing is being lost in the bad message that Trump is pushing. I have to tell you, it really is astonishing to most Americans that as these unsubstantiated allegations are, are treated with an enormous amount of coverage on this network and other networks, that revelations coming out of Secretary of State Clinton's years in the State Department and the Clinton Foundation are virtually ignored by the national media. I mean, we, we discovered this week that uh, State Department officials actually directed contracts yeah. for the Haitian recovery after after the earthquake to friends of the Clintons. And literally that got that got almost no media attention while while those that step forward with these uh, unsubstantiated claims that that Donald Trump has denied uh, were treated with headline news and continuous coverage. It's one of the reasons why well, so many Americans I, feel like this election is being rigged by a national media that's constantly trying to change the subject away from and practice willful so, ignorance. So governor, we should uh, the Ignore? corruption and misdeeds and pay-for-play politics but, but, uh, of let the me, Let me ask you this. Okay, and what he's saying there is 100% true. The media are ignoring real allegations about Hillary Clinton in order to cover all of these other allegations about Trump. Now, the allegations about Trump may be true. Okay, and where there's smoke, in my opinion, there tends to be fire. But that doesn't mean the media have been fair in their coverage. They certainly have not. Here's an example. Pence points out that there was a bombing of a, of a GOP office, I believe it's in North Carolina, and, there, and a couple of other offices have had their windows broken. And Pence points out that, can you imagine if supposed Trump supporters had, had burned down a, uh, had burned down, uh, a, a support, uh, a, a Democratic Party precinct office? 
And can you imagine? It would never end, right? I mean, this would be the Nazis are taking over, the, the Trump Nazis are taking over, they're going to destroy everything. This happened. I haven't seen news coverage of this across the world at all. I mean, NBC News covered it a little bit, but it's, it, it certainly hasn't led the news in any real way. Here's Mike Pence talking about it. Uh, my wife and I were in North Carolina today, and I wanted to come by to call attention uh, to this uh, cowardly attack on our supporters in North Carolina and to no less extent an attack on the American political system. This was an act of political terrorism. Uh, and I have to tell you how inspired I am to see the way this community has come together and the people have come together uh, to continue to move forward undeterred, unintimidated uh, by this uh, senseless act of violence. Okay, so he's exactly right about all of this. Now, you know, the media's rigged, it's true. Again, and but, so what do the Democrats do with all of this? What the Democrats do is they do what you knew they were going to do, because they're not stupid, okay? They may be evil, but they're not stupid. So what the Democrats do, Barack Obama says to Trump, look, you keep talking rigged, 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 rigged. Stop whining. Stop whining. You start whining before the game's even over? If, if, if whenever things are going badly for you and you lose, you start blaming somebody else, then you don't have what it takes to be in this job. Because there are a lot of times when things don't go our way or my way. That's okay. You fight through it. You work through it. Okay, so there's so much that's galling about this. Number one, Barack Obama playing the mature statesman. You never blame other people for things that happen. Oh, really? Oh, really? His entire presidency has been a series of, of horrible events, followed by him blaming everybody but himself. Oh, the, the, the American people. They just didn't understand what I was trying to say. When I said you got to keep your doctor, what I meant was you don't get to keep your doctor. If only they'd understood that. But they're stupid. They're a bunch of bitter clingers. Idiots. If Fox News hadn't been running out that propaganda, people wouldn't believe any of these terrible things they say about me. Right? I mean, this is, this is Obama's routine. His entire president, Hillary Clinton, blames a YouTube video for her failures getting four people killed in Benghazi, Libya. So they're constantly blaming people. But when he says this, when he says Trump's only complaining because he's losing, he's right. He's right. Okay, and the problem is it discredits the entire rigged argument about the media and about voter fraud and all the rest of it when the guy who's uttering the argument is only doing so when he says the polls are rigged and when he's losing by 15 points, when he's losing by 10, 12, 15 points. Okay, it undermines the entire argument. And this is the problem, again, with Trumpism. Trump corrupts every decent argument we've got. He goes out there and he articulates these arguments, but he only does so for his own personal benefit. I mean, you, you, can, you can see it happening in real time. Here's Jake Tapper ta of CNN talking to Rudy Giuliani, and he's talking about the rigging of elections, and here's, here's Tapper going after Giuliani. Yes, there well, maybe, are areas where people only voted for Obama, just like in Utah. There are places maybe, that only voted may, for Romney. May, maybe, maybe, maybe there are uh, situations in which it's right. I, I remember a case when I was associate attorney general where 720 dead people voted in Chicago in the 1982 election. Uh, I remember in my own election, about 60 dead people voted. So I, I can't sit here and tell you that they don't cheat. And I, I, and I know because they control the polling places in these areas, there are no Republicans, that it's very hard to get people there who will challenge votes. So what they do is they leave dead people on the rolls, and then they pay people to vote those dead people. Four, five, six, seven, eight, so nine. I have to, we have to go, Mr. Mayor, but it just, just, to, just to put a button on this, it sounds as though you are saying that, you, that Trump is serious when he says 
that the no, election is going to be stolen. I'm not saying that. You just laid uh, out yeah, a whole case about how Democrats uh, steal elections. That, look, if 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 she wins uh, uh, Illinois by eight percent, or he wins Illinois by eight percent, then that cheating is going to make any difference. Uh, if he wins uh, uh, Pennsylvania by five, or she wins by five, it'll make no difference. If it's a one or two point race. It could make a difference in a few places. Not going to make a difference in Indiana. Not going to make a difference in North Carolina. Not going to make a difference in some a lot of other okay. places. Well, that's not. A, they don't that's have a, this traditional cheating. That's not an affirmation of of our uh, of uh, the way our elections are held in this country. But we. But well, we so, do cheat. We have people who cheat in elections. I, I, I you're saying only Democrats. Them. Only Democrats cheat. I've found very few situations where where Republicans cheat. They don't control the inner cities the way Democrats do. I, maybe if Republicans control the inner cities, they do as much cheating as, as Democrats. I, I think there think are a lot Republicans, of a lot of elections experts that would have very very strong disagreements with you. Well, then they know that they. They never prosecuted election fraud. Okay, so the problem here is that what Giuliani is saying about the reality of election fraud is still true, and you can't name a large-scale situation in which Republican election fraud defeated a Democrat, can you? It's almost impossible. I can't name one. Can you? But the problem is that this entire argument gets discredited when the guy making the argument and the people making the argument are arguing on behalf of a guy who's going to get creamed. Okay, you can't say that you were... If you... This is the honestly, it's the Menendez brothers joke, right? You can't kill your parents and then fall in the mercy of the court because you're an orphan. If you lose by 15, you can't say, oh, well, it must have been the voter fraud that did it. Maybe it's because you were just a crappy candidate. When Donna Brazil, you know, the head of the DNC, when she comes out and she says that Trump's rigged claim here is tactical, this rings truer than when Trump says the thing is rigged. Uh, do you think it's actually dangerous? Do you think it's um, do you think it's strategic in any way? I think it is tactical. Look, voting is the lifeblood of our democracy. And when you have Secretary of State's Republican Secretaries of State saying, hello, we are conducting a free, fair, open and honest election, when you have Board of Election officials, when you have others who have been uh, deeply involved in preparing for Election Day, uh, many of them are scratching their heads and they're saying, what is he talking about? I, I think every time that Donald Trump uh, faced some a scrutiny or, or is challenged by Secretary Clinton on his policy ideas or releasing his taxes. He go to these tactics to, to try to frighten people, divide people. He's run a very divisive campaign. It's time that he makes a better closing argument than uh, calling upon, uh, uh, I guess, calling out our election process. Okay, so I don't think that this is going to break into violence. I think this is the media exaggerating everything because the only violence I've seen this year has been in Democratic cities with Black Lives Matter burning crap down or people associated with Black Lives Matter burning crap down. But, you know, that, it's still, this is a bad argument, and, and we're going into the final debate. We still have 20 days to this election, and Trump's already conceding. So what does that mean for the debate tonight? So we have the debate tonight. That means that tonight is going to be an absolute crap fest. I mean, tonight is just going to be a dog vomiting into a fan and then it hitting everybody in the audience. That's what tonight's going to be. It's going to be urine down the I can't come up with enough terrible bodily fluids jokes to explain how bad tonight is going to be. Because it's going to be Donald Trump getting up there and saying every crazy thing that the Breitbart commenters want him to say, because those are all potential subscribers to Trump TV. That's where, that's where this is going. And you can tell that that's where this is going. Earlier this week, the Trump campaign trotted out Melania to try and rebut all of these accusers. And watch Melania Trump. I mean, if this is the direction the campaign is going, good night, gang. I... I said to my husband that, you know, the language is inappropriate, it's not acceptable. And um, I was surprised because that is not the man that I know. And as you can see from the tape, uh, the cameras were not on. It was only a mic. 
and I wonder um, if they even knew that the mic was on because they, they were kind of a, a boy talk and uh, he was lead on like uh, egg on from uh, the host to say um, dirty and bad stuff. You, you feel the host Billy Bush was sort of egging him on? Yes, yes. Is that language you had heard him use before? No, no, that's why I was surprised uh, because I said like I don't know that person that would talk that way. Give me and, up, oh, uh, give me up. Okay, stop, was, okay, I can't, I can't. Okay, she went on Howard Stern's show and they talked about jointly watching Paris Hilton's sex tape together. Or at least Trump said that they did. Okay, she told us the story of them meeting. He had a girl with him at the time, and then he sent the girl to the bathroom so he could hit up Melania. Melania pretending that, that Donald Trump's a class act with women. I mean, if this is how this thing is going to go, good night, gang. And then meanwhile, he got Hillary trotting out people like Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban is coming to the debate tonight. That's Hillary's final attempt to psych out Donald Trump about his own wealth. Mark Cuban is showing up, and he says he knows two women that Donald Trump harassed. So this is just a party for everybody. Um, do you know him? Right. Yeah. Do you? We're not best friends, but yeah, we're yeah, more than acquaintances, I'd say. Have you ever heard of anything like these women coming forward or him being untoward? Yes. Or you have? Yes, and I know one. And it, and it just didn't happen recently. I, my, my friend reminded me, um, and it, it was from 2000. And she, you know, I don't expect her to come forward. I don't. I wouldn't recommend she come forward. I know somebody else from two years ago that won't come forward. So, you know, it's not anything that caught me by surprise. So, again, this is this is you saying this is not CNN's reporting, but tell us what you can since you know him. What can you tell I mean, us that, that's what I can tell you. I can tell you. I mean, my, my friend that was dating this one woman, you know, just, you know, re reminded me the story they told me right after it happened. And, um, okay, so we're going to so now. So now she's bringing Mark Cuban into the debate to try and psych Donald Trump out. Harry Reid, who's just the worst man in politics. Harry Reid is just disgusting, the senator from Nevada. He comes out, he says, Trump has a sickness with women. I mean, Harry Reid should know, considering how staunchly he backed Bill Clinton. Uh, and he should also know, considering that he apparently, I think Harry Reid's story is what? That he, he grew up in a whorehouse, I think. I think that his mom was like a janitor at a whorehouse, which is a pretty terrible way to grow up. Um, but he should know what it looks like to be terrible with women, um, you know, considering all the people he's backed in the past, like Bill Clinton. This is just, uh, come on, come on. Well, I have, in my younger days, I was an athlete. Football, baseball. Of course, I was in a, a lot of raunchy gyms when I was fighting. And, um, you know, we, no one talked that way. No one. You'd, you'd be picking a fight with somebody, you know. That stuff left us in elementary school when you didn't understand what life was all about. We have now ten women that we know of that have come forward that he sexually assaulted them. Uh, you know, this is a crime. You think he's committed a crime? I don't know. You know, it, you have to have somebody file a complaint. Uh, you know, it's, you can't do it without someone having done something. These are, these are people, who, you know, these are people who are trapped. They are with this man in public places and, and he just rolls like off of Harry Reid. We're supposed to believe that, uh, forget him, we're, we're supposed to believe that he cares so deeply about all these victimized women. Okay. Again, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, you're supporting them. So th th that's what this debate is going to be tonight from the Hillary side. Meanwhile, 
again, Trump has no interest in winning anymore. He only has interest in bilking the people who he thinks he can keep loyal to him after he gets shellacked. And so Steve Bannon, apparently, who's the campaign CEO, who only wants to burn things down and make money. That's what Steve Bannon is all about. Bannon apparently told CNN that there's another surprise guest coming. First, The first surprise guest, by the way, is Obama's half-brother, which makes it like, what? Unless, unless the, like this guy, what? Just what? Huh? Really? But why? I mean, like, I don't understand what the angle here is. Is the angle that he has a half-brother, that his daddy was a bad guy? Like, yeah, we knew his daddy was a bad guy. Obama talks about it in his memoir, although he, he tries to paint a good gloss on it. You know, he's, he's trying to claim that his, that his, bro- well, his, brother, his half-brother supports Trump. This is the deepest kind of World Net Daily Breitbart InfoWars crap ever. Unless he drops, I I would be amused if he drops a a birth certificate. If he just gets up there and he takes out a Kenyan birth certificate for Obama and says, "You've been ripping me about birth, you've been ripping me about birtherism," but let me show you something. It's this dun dun dun, and it's the birth certificate. That would be amusing, but I don't think that that's what's going to happen. I think this is just a way for him to to suggest that there's some great conspiracy out there and the half brother and it's like okay we're gonna just come up with as much crazy crap as you can bring so bannon apparently told cnn that this is only the appetizer on this on this entire poo poo platter of crap that's right the new york times reporting overnight that they will not have that handshake remember in the last debate bill clinton uh, and ivanka trump uh, came out they, they shook hands uh, excuse me melania trump shook hands beforehand uh, this time they'll be avoiding that the clinton campaign reportedly does not want to have that family interaction because they're concerned about who the trump campaign might be bringing to the debate and and i think they have reason to be concerned about that uh, we spoke with steve bannon overnight the trump uh, trump campaign chair brooke baldwin and i happened to be on the same flight as him so we were able to ask him questions on the way off the plane uh, he said to us that uh, Obama's half-brother, Malik Obama, who's coming to the debate, is just an appetizer. He says they have other surprise guests in store. Well, they uh, had the Benghazi mom, right? That's right. Bring we know that one of, the, one of the mothers of one of the Benghazi victims will be there. Uh, we also know on the Clinton side, Mark Cuban and Meg Whitman will be in the audience. But Bannon said they have other people who will expose Bill and Hillary Clinton's sordid past. Uh, we'll find out what that means, I suppose, okay, so- today. <laughs> Okay, and, and my theory was, and if I had money, I would have put it on it. My theory was that he was going to bring Bill's supposedly illegitimate child. Anybody think he's going to do that? I think, I, right? I mean, if he's going to Obama's half-brother, who thinks he's going to bring Bill's— Remember, Drudge was headlining this, right? So this is, this is the new thing. It's, it's, is he going to bring Bill's illegitimate child? Maybe. That would be hilarious. I mean, we might as well just go all the way down. We're, we're, how much further do we have to go down here? I mean, this is like the sixth circle of hell already, so why not go all the way? And then he can say, look, the media wouldn't even cover his illegitimate child. The media wouldn't even cover it. That's why we know it's rigged. Because Bill's condom wasn't rigged. That's how we know it's rigged. What utter insane. So, yes, he has no intention of winning anymore. And again, that's not. you want to vote for him, vote for him. If you think he's the best choice, vote for him. If you think he's a better choice than Hillary, vote for him. But you have more faith in Trump than Trump has. You care more about this election than Trump does. You think worse things are going to happen with Hillary Clinton as president than Trump does, obviously. Otherwise, he wouldn't be running what is a campaign that's a business decision now. It's just a campaign that's a business decision. Okay, so... Let's do some things I like and things I hate, and then uh, we'll do a little bit of bibble. So, things I like. I already showed you something that I like. It is this. My own book. You got it. So, I, I don't make a habit of... I haven't really been pushing this book hard until now. Now, you're going to get it up to Wazoo, so I hope you enjoy. But, you should, if you want to subscribe to DailyWire.com, you get my new novel, True Allegiance, which is an action thriller. Uh, you, you get that... 
with, uh, with free with, uh, with an autograph from yours truly. If you go to dailywire.com right now and you subscribe, uh, which is a pretty good deal, it is a good book, okay? Some of my books are better than others. This one is a good book. It's a really quick read. It's a really fun read. Uh, and it's a, it, if I do say so myself, it is a brilliant authorial debut in the fiction sphere. It's that good. It's, it's good. It's good stuff. So, True Allegiance is the name of the book. You can also get it at Amazon.com. I think it's available on, uh, on not, not Kindle yet. I think it's available on, uh, on audio. But if you pre-order it right now, then it'll be available very, very shortly. So, True Allegiance is the name of the book. And even people who are Trumpers like it. Ann Coulter likes it. Alan West likes it. Uh, Brad Thor uh, recommends it, the, the author of Code of Conduct and all the best action novels. Brad Thor, he says it's a blockbuster debut thriller ripped straight from the headlines, uh, which it is. It is spectacularly good. So go to Truly, go to uh, Amazon, pick it up there, or better yet, go and subscribe at Daily Wire and turn your audio listening experience into a visual experience, plus get a copy of my book autographed. Okay, time for some things that I hate. Let's do it. So, Chuck, Chuck Schumer, uh, who is going to be the new Senate Majority Leader if the Democrats win, he's a senator from New York, uh, he went off on Trump over the, over the last couple of days, uh, and he said that Donald Trump's campaign and its tolerance of racism, it's just toxic, it's just terrible. You've known Donald Trump for a long time. He's been a donor of yours. Is this the person that you have always yes, known, or but something surprised you? What surprised me is more so. Everyone knew he had a big ego. Everyone knew that he would just sort of like to talk about himself. But the extreme of it surprised me. Mm -hmm. uh, he likes to say that he, when he donates to politicians, he owns them and they do what he wants. D did he own you? No. I don't, I don't recall him ever asking me for something. Yesterday, he uh, was Second, talking I like the part right there where he says, no he, no, he doesn't own me. And then he turns around, there's a Trump's insignia on his back. That was my favorite part. Um, but, it's, but John Harwood is asking him these questions. Uh, he said, did you know him when he was giving you money? Oh, I knew him. But this is so much worse than the Trump. That, how, how interesting. Shocking. The minute that he switched sides uh, and doesn't give you money anymore, then he becomes the world's worst person. But when you knew him, it turned out that he was St. Francis of Assisi. And then it turns out the minute he flipped, all of a sudden he turns into the devil. It's just amazing how that works. We can continue. Uh, a conspiracy to stop him. Yeah. Uh, he used terms referring to Hillary Clinton and international bankers that some people historically have associated with uh, anti-Semitism. Yeah. He is totally tone deaf to what is racism, what is bigotry. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't accuse him of being a racist or bigot himself, but he tolerates it mm -hmm. and uses it. Mm -hmm in ways, whether he's aware or not, it's poisonous for America. Okay, so here's what I hate about that. Some of that is true. That's the part I hate. Okay, the part that I hate today is that Chuck Schumer is not speaking something that's entirely false. Now, the other thing that I hate is that the Democratic Party does the same thing. The Democratic Party rates Spates. I, I'm old enough to remember when the Vice President of the United States, Joe Biden, went out there and said that Mitt Romney was literally going to enslave black people again. He was going to put you all back in chains. Right? The, the Democratic Party does this sort of stuff all the time. They race bait. They suggest that white people are out to get you. Hillary Clinton has said in this campaign that she needs to re-educate all the whites in America about racism and institutional bias and, and implicit bias. And so Democrats do this sort of stuff all the time. And normally, I like being on the moral side of the aisle. So 
I used to say, well, we don't do that. That's what Democrats do. Democrats pander on, on racial, tribal terms. Uh, and when Chuck Schumer says that Trump appeals to this group of people, and he does so either knowingly or unknowingly, there is some truth to that. There is truth to that. Uh, as somebody who received, apparently, there, there were 20,000 anti-Semitic tweets directed at journalists since March. I was the recipient personally of 8,000 of those tweets. Okay, so when you look at the top 10, we don't have the chart with us today, maybe we'll have it tomorrow. If you look at the top 10 journalists targeted on Twitter by anti-Semites, by Jew hatred, uh, the, the bar graph looks like, you know, low, 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 and then me, I'm way out here. So, and the reason for that is because I don't back Trump. If I back Trump, that, would not, that number would not be nearly as high in any, in any real way. So what I hate is the fact that both sides have now become tribal. It used to be one side was tribal, and that was evil and nasty. And now the Trump campaign has moved into tribal territory by pandering to the alt-right, and that's really gross, and that's something I hate. Meanwhile, another thing that I hate, Julia Roberts, all these actresses who think that we need their opinions on politics, uh, it's, it's really galling. I mean, the lady's not even a good actress. Uh, and, and here she is telling us about Hillary Clinton, how wonderful she is. This is at a Broadway for Hillary fundraiser, uh, because in case you needed to know, folks, the cast of Rent loves Hillary Clinton. Shocker. Okay, here is here is Julia Roberts doing her routine. I was going to sing what Hugh Jackman sang, <laughs> but he f***ed that up. Wait, when you're live streaming on Facebook, can you say that? Wouldn't it be great for every time an actor so scared and out of their element said, you just had to like instantly give $500? Let's, okay, let's make that what goes on right now. What is she talking about now? This is why you should never let actresses off script. I don't know. I'm just saying. You I've don't been know. dragged out here. I'm scared and tired and my oh my kids are watching this. So for every bad mother that says the F word, could all the mothers that relate just five hundred bucks? <laughs> Yes, bad mothers for Hillary Clinton. I think that about sums it up right there. If you're a bad mother and you, and you curse in front of your children, or better yet, if you abandon your children, make sure that you give money to Hillary Clinton. That's, that, that seems like a great pitch uh, for, for Hollywood. Again, the fact that Hollywood has impact in our culture is the reason that you have this particular, this particular scenario, this, this Trump versus Hillary celebrity fest. And we're going to get the, the final revenge tonight in this debate, the final revenge of celebrity culture, when the guy from The Apprentice stars against the former first lady and star of Bill Clinton's sex fest. So, good times. All right, a little bit of Bible talk, because it is a Wednesday indeed. So, this week, technically, we, the, the Jews finish the Bible. We, we final, finally finish going through the, the five books of Moses. We do that on Simchat Torah, which is next week. So I'll be off Monday, Tuesday for Simchat Torah on a holiday called Shemini Atzeret. Don't worry. It won't be on the test. I won't ask you later. But the, uh, but the, we, we technically finish the Bible then, but we won't have a chance to actually do the last portion of the five books of Moses unless we do it now. So the final parsha, the final portion of the five books of Moses is called Vizot HaBracha, meaning this is the blessing. Uh, and uh, it's Moses' final word to the, to the Jews. And then it is the, the final 
the final words of the five books of Moses before you enter into the prophets and Joshua entering the land. So this is from Deuteronomy 34. So this is the, some of the final sentences of the Torah. It really is moving. It says, And the Lord said to him, this is to Moses, This is the land I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not cross over there. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab by the mouth of the Lord, and he buried him in the valley. God buried him in the valley in the land of Moab opposite Beth Peor, and no person knows the place of his burial unto this day. And this is, it's, it really is moving. I mean, you go through this entire cycle where Moses takes this, this stiff-necked people out of Egypt and takes them through the desert, and they're constantly rebelling, and they're constantly driving him crazy, and they're constantly doing things that slap God directly in the face. And Moses is constantly standing up for them, but also standing up for God. I mean, there's a point in the Torah where, where God says to Moses, I'll just kill off all these people and make your kids the new nation. And Moses says, if you do that, I want you to blot my name out of this book, which is an amazing thing. And so finally, it comes time for Moses to die, and God doesn't let him into what he's always wanted to see, which is the land of Israel. He says, you can see it from here, but you can't cross over. And that image is so moving, just him on the top of this mountain looking across, and he can see where he can't go. And the truth is, that's life. There's nobody who dies ever who feels like they've completed their mission in life. There are very few people ever in the history of mankind who feel like they've completed their mission. The question is, can you see the promised land? Can you see the promised land? And what have you done to direct the people who you've been given the task of leading and helping the power to take it themselves? Because you may not be able to inherit. You may not be able to go into the land. But hopefully, if you do it right, your kids will be able to do that. And you'll give them enough warnings that they won't blow it once they do. Uh, also, the idea here is that it's such, a, it's such an amazing idea, the idea that Moses dies and it says that he dies by the mouth of the Lord, al pi Hashem. Uh, Hashem is what we call God. It means literally the name um, because we don't like to speak God's name in vain. Uh, when it says al pi Hashem, uh, by the mouth of the Lord, uh, the, the Midrash says that this is sort of the, the Apocrypha. They say that, that by the mouth of the Lord means that God, God took his soul with a kiss in the same way that God breathed soul into Adam. God took Moses uh, with, a, with a kiss, and the idea was that uh, they, they say that the more enmeshed you are in earthly pursuits and sin, the more difficult it is to die because your soul is very enmeshed with your body. For Moses, they say it was like drawing a, a hair out of a cup of milk, that it just every, everything was smooth. And then God does the, the final kindness. He buries him in the valley himself. So he's the only person ever buried uh, by God himself. Normally, they say the ultimate act of, of charity for a human being is to bury someone because you know it's never going to be reciprocated, right? I mean, if you, if you do charity for somebody, the idea for some people is that they'll come back and they'll reciprocate. It's reciprocal altruism, as they say in Darwin land. But with this, with, with, when you bury somebody, when you pay homage to them after they die, you know that's never going to be reciprocated. God's doing him the ultimate honor by burying him. And no person knows the place of his burial because we don't worship. In, in Judaism, we don't worship Moses as a god. Moses was a great man. He was a flawed man. He's the greatest of all human beings, we believe, uh, who ever lived and the closest to God. But that doesn't mean that we worship him. And so we don't know where he's buried because we didn't want to turn it into a shrine. Uh, and so that's that's basically where the Torah ends. It says, until this day, there's never been a leader uh, greater in Israel. It's it's for my for my money. Just as a piece of literature, this is the most moving end to any piece of literature that's ever been written. Whether you believe it was written by God or whether you believe it was written by man. And obviously, I, as an Orthodox Jew, I believe that it was written by God. Okay, so tomorrow we will be back with debate highlights and lowlights. And I'm sure there will be flying pies and flying cow pies and all sorts of goodies to talk about. And Donald Trump presumably will at some point tag out and Hulk Hogan will run in and hit Hillary with a chair and then Hillary will tag out and Bill will come in and whip it out. Lots of stuff could happen tonight. So this will be an exciting debate because nobody has anything to lose at this point. Trump's already lost it. So look for the unexpected. Look for the crazy. And uh, and then we'll be back here tomorrow with the clown shoes. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. (laughs) 
We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 